It was a dark and windy winter's night. The longest night of the year, in fact, when just after 7 p.m., my mum reckoned she felt a small gust of wind come down the chimney. It allowed a tiny puff of smoke to come into our living room. That was it. No great sound, no great flash of light, but just a tiny puff of wind. But for a few thousand people, the world grew darker. Roughly 15 miles west of the town that I grew up in, where there was the Lockerbie Air Disaster. It was the town where my sister and I had done our sixth year studies, where my roommate from university lived, where my mum was a member of a cuddling club. A disaster had struck, and the name of that town would go from being a place that was seen on a signpost as people drove along the A74 to being a one-word headline flashed around the world. A sleepy place had the rudest of awakenings, and in time became a topic in the discussions of international relations and tensions. Ten years later, having left university, having uh, become a scientist, I changed post from doing research to becoming uh, someone who supported some specialist emergency response teams. What had happened that night in the south of Scotland would be cited on courses as how it is impossible to plan for everything. Yet people need to plan in a flexible way such that anything could be responded to. That out of any chaotic nightmare, hope and a way forward could come. Yet the truth is, any hope created by humanity will be short-lived. In a dark room, a lit candle will burn for a while. It will give light. It will give hope. But it will only have a flame for so long before burning out. What is needed in the darkest of circumstances is an inextinguishable light, a light that will shine forever. The Genesis account of creation, which John draws on as he wrote the prologue of the gospel, speaks of God creating light and turning disorder to structure. After each creation day, the world was seen to be good. 
Yet at the same time, God felt there was more that could be done. More to achieve what was desired. God then, after the sixth day, has a Sabbath, a time of rest. Yet the Bible does not tell us that that is the end of it. Far from it, in fact. The Old Testament scriptures continue to speak of a God that seeks things on earth to be good. For humanity to repent of evil and to live God's way. He saves Noah from the flood. He leads the Israelites out of Egypt. He gives the law through Moses. He speaks with wisdom to poets. He calls out to the people through the prophets. God brings his people home again from exile and continues to encourage people to choose his way. But just as in the beginning, there is still some darkness. What else could he do? John, as he begins to tell the good news of Jesus, reveals God's son coming to the earth. The world is a dark place, a place where there is pain that is of human origin and also the natural groaning of the earth. But into this world, God brings his very own presence, a light of hope that is like no other. Not everyone could recognize who Jesus was. Not everyone saw his intentions, his promise, and his hope. And that lack of recognition is still true today. In his passion on the cross, it looked to many as if he had failed as if the light had gone out. But even death could not defeat him. And he rose again from the grave, promising forgiveness and new life to those who will trust in him and see him as the light of their life. Whatever darkness Whatever disaster you face, be it something making the international news, be it something more local, be it something known only to you, when you think you are defeated, when you think there is no way ahead, God offers you his light. And his hope. God offers you forgiveness. And he offers you new life. God offers you his son. Jesus. The saviour. 
this Christmas. May you be renewed by Jesus' presence and find the light and the joy that knows no end.